Good morning, everyone. It is Monday, June the 3rd, 2019. It is currently 10.45 a.m. Central Time. Well, I sat down, opened my Bible, and got ready for my morning devotional study. And as I was trying to figure out what direction I was going to go this morning, I found myself in the book of Romans. Now, that's not much of a surprise to anyone who either attends Victory Baptist Church or anyone who's listening to all of our sermons that are being posted online. And the reason that's not a surprise is because at Victory Baptist Church, we are currently working through the book of Romans in a very in-depth manner. We're going verse by verse. I think we've had six sermons now and where, well, we've reached verse two and we didn't make, we didn't make it very far in verse two uh, yesterday at Victory Baptist Church. So as I was sitting here looking at the book of Romans, looking at a few things and thought, oh, okay, here would be an interesting exercise. Here would be kind of a, a good Bible study. I know what I'll do. I'll grab the iPad and I'll share it with everyone else and I'll, I'll give everyone this exercise, this study, and hopefully it will benefit them as I hope everyone is following along with our study in the book of Romans. And of course, it'll be very important for the people who attend Victory Baptist Church. So I think this will be beneficial. Hopefully I can explain it in a very clear way so that you know exactly what you are supposed to do. If you're confused, don't hesitate at all to email me at newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. Obviously, members of Victory Baptist Church, you know where I live. You know my phone number. You can chat with me. There's a number of ways that members of Victory Baptist Church can get in contact with me. So if you're confused by anything I'm about to explain or, or the assignment that I'm about to give you, please let me know, but I will do my best to make it very clear. Are you ready? Okay, let's put this all together. Yesterday at Victory Baptist Church, we came to Romans chapter 1, verse 2, which reads, and I'm reading from the King James, which he had promised afore by his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. Romans chapter 1, verse 2, which he had promised afore by his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. Now, the thing he's referring to is the gospel. The gospel had been promised before by his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. Now, as soon as I read that, that my first my first thought that came into my mind was, okay, so the gospel was promised in the Old Testament. Where was it promised? How do we identify those promises? Am I, if I, if I, as I am reading the Old Testament, or if I'm reading the Old Testament, uh, how can I determine, oh, there's a promise of the gospel. There is a promise of the gospel. Or is it not really specific? How do we find those promises? So I challenged everyone to go find those promises. Now, some of the promises people found were the reason they found those or thought that that was a promise of the gospel is because that Old Testament passage was cited or quoted directly in the New Testament. Also, when I started thinking about Romans chapter 1, verse 2, I started, I started thinking, well, wait a minute. Paul cites or, or alludes to passages from the Old Testament something like 70 times. So if Paul is telling us in Romans chapter 1 verse 2 that, hey, the gospel was promised in the Old Testament and then the entire book of Romans is kind of about the gospel and he constantly cites the Old Testament, 
well then maybe those citations, maybe those quotes are giving us some hints that these were promises of the gospel. So I wanted people to start working this concept. Okay, where was the gospel promised in the Old Testament? But once I started considering that line of thought, that, that kind of path, it all of a sudden brought up another issue. Well, wait a minute. Sometimes when we see how the New Testament uses an Old Testament passage, we are confronted with something that's a little uncomfortable. Sometimes the New Testament writers, when citing an Old Testament passage, they seem to be using it and quoting it out of its original context or assigning a meaning to it that doesn't really fit how the Old Testament writers seem to be using it. Now that's going to raise some questions. Well, wait a minute. So if I read the Old Testament and it doesn't look like a promise of the gospel, but the New Testament writer comes along and uses it like it was a promise of the gospel, was that originally a promise of the gospel, or did the New Testament writer change the meaning of it? Well, this took us down a crazy path, right? Because now we had to start figuring out, well, wait a minute, from a hermeneutical perspective, how do we understand how New Testament writers use Old Testament scripture? So we started looking at all the different views and hermeneutics of how this is explained, how we are to understand this. Now, the reason this is critical is because this challenges us how you and I are to read the Old Testament, how we are to understand these Old Testament passages of Scripture. So it's a very critical um, you know, area of study. So you can go listen to those sermons. They are on the VBC 66 app. The VBC 66 app, you can get that app on the Apple App Store or the Google Play Store. The VBC 66 app, look in the Sermon and Bible Study Notes section. And my notes from last night, where I start working through the different views and how to do this, all right, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna repeat them right now because then I'll start preaching everything I did last night. But my notes and the sermon is there for those um, for Victory Baptist Church. If you need my notes, they're right there. I know you, everyone was taking very good notes. And if you have any questions about those hermeneutical views and how they were using it, please let me know because this is an important line of study. All right, so that kind of gets us to where. We were yesterday. Now, what do I want to accomplish today? All right, well, I want to advance this and I want to give you a little um, assignment, a little study, all right? Now, to set this up, we need to go to Romans chapter one, verse 16, which I believe is one of the key verses of the entire book. It kind of sets up, hey, this entire discussion in the book of Romans is going to be about the gospel. Romans chapter one to Romans chapter 11 is going to kind of be a doctrinal, theological teaching about the gospel. And then chapter 12 and following is going to be a challenge in how to live out the gospel. All right. So in Romans chapter one, verse 16, we read this, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth to the Jew first and also to the Greek. The gospel has power to save, all right, to save the gospel, salvation, all of that becomes a major, obviously, the major theme in the book of Romans, all right? And so we, we used Romans uh, chapter 1, verse 16 to interpret Romans chapter 1, verse 1, all right? Everybody still with me? Okay. Now, here we go. This brings us to today. Verse 17. 
Romans chapter 1, verse 17 is going to become your friend today. All right? Here we go. All right. or, or your enemy. It depends. I'm going to read it. Romans chapter 1, verse uh, 17. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. All right. From therein, what he's referring to, it seems to be referring to that in the gospel is the righteousness of God revealed. That seems to be the way we are to understand that. Let me read it from a number of other translations. The, the uh, NIV. For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from faith. The New Living Translation, the good news, all right, or the gospel, tells us how God makes us right in his sight. The ESV, for in it, referring back to the gospel in verse 16, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith. All right, so we get a basic idea that in the gospel, the righteousness of God is being revealed, right, from faith to faith. Now, what does that phrase mean? Okay. All right. Fine. But to, to make an argument, Paul grabs from the Old Testament. So he's making this argument that in the gospel, the, uh, righteousness is revealed and then it's revealed from faith to faith. He brings in this idea of faith, righteousness of God, faith. All right. So far, so good. But now to, to, to make his point, he just reaches back to the Old Testament Boom! And grabs a verse. Note how Romans chapter 1 verse 17 continues. As it is written, he's pulling from the Old Testament, the just shall live by faith. He grabs from Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 4. Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 4. So to make a point about the God, the righteousness of God being revealed in the gospel and faith, and, uh, and it's revealed from faith to faith, he jumps to Habakkuk to, uh, to say, the just shall live by faith. Now, if we go to Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 4, this is what we find. Behold, his soul which is lifted up is not upright in him. But the just shall live by his faith. Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 4. Behold, his soul which is lifted up is not upright in him, but the, but the just shall live by his faith. All right, here's your challenge. Take a piece of paper. Draw a line right down the center of the paper. On one side, at the top, write Romans chapter 1, verse 17. All right? Write down what Romans chapter 1, verse 17 seems to be teaching. Look up as many commentaries as you, as you would like. Okay, you, you can use any resource you want. Just summarize what Romans chapter 1, verse 17 seems to be saying, and then write down how Paul is using Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 4 to make his point. Right? What does Romans chapter 1, verse 17 seems to be saying? Summarize it. Write down how Paul is using Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 4 to make his point. All right? That's the two main things you need to answer. Then on the other side of that line, write down Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 4 at the top and write down what is Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 4 teaching in its original context 
Forget, just forget Romans when you go read Habakkuk 2, chapter 2, chapter Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 4, if I can talk right this morning. What does it seem to be saying in its context? And then I want you to read Habakkuk chapter 2, starting in verse 1, and and the following, you may have to read the whole chapter and say, what is Habakkuk chapter 2, the context about? Obviously, in Romans chapter 1, verse 16 and 17, the context is the gospel, right? The context is the gospel. In Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 1 and following, what is the context? What is Habakkuk chapter 2 about? What is the book of Habakkuk about? What is going on and why does Habakkuk say the just shall live by faith? What is the point Habakkuk is trying to make? Is he trying to make the same point Paul uses it for in Romans 1? Is there a difference? Is the context different? Is the meaning different? Obviously, again, what is Romans chapter 1 verse 17 teaching? Right? How is Paul using Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 4 to make his point? What is he trying to say Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 4 is teaching? Then on the other side of the paper, you go to, to Habakkuk. What is Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 4 teaching in its original context? Forget Romans. And then what is Habakkuk the chapter 2 about? What is the overall theme of the book? And how does Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 4 fit into that? Now, I know that's a lot of questions, but you're getting the basic idea, all right? You're getting the basic idea of what I'm looking for. I want you to write down on paper and contrast Romans 1, 16 through 17. What, that's, what is that about? How is Paul using Habakkuk 2, 4 to make his point? Then look at Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 4. What is Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 4 trying to say? What is the context in which it is found? And what, what, you know, what is going on? I want you to see it on paper. Okay, is there a similar argument being made? Or is Paul, and we talked about this last night at Victory Baptist Church, there is one view where the, they, they argue that the New Testament writers change the meaning. They literally change the meaning of the Old Testament passage. Is that, is that what is what's happening here? You have another view that says that there, there was a hidden meaning in the Old Testament passage and nobody could see or discover that hidden meaning no matter what exegetical method you used or hermeneutical method you used. But the New Testament writer reveals the secret message. Is Paul revealing a secret message? Or was the message seen? You just have to figure out what hermeneutical method what hermeneutical method Paul was using to decipher that meaning. All right? It's very simple. Romans 1, 16 through 7, or Romans 1, verse 17. You're obviously, 16 is critical to understanding uh, 17. Okay? Figure it out. What's it about? All right? How is Paul using Habakkuk 2, 4 to make his point? Then go to Habakkuk 2. What is Habakkuk 2, verse 4 about? Forget Romans 1. What is Habakkuk chapter 2 about? What is the book about? And you can do all of that relatively quick. It will not take you very long. You may have to look up some commentaries. You may have to look up a few things. I may see if I can find some sermons on Habakkuk 2.4. And I want to find a sermon where, because I think what most pastors do when they get to Habakkuk 2.4, they go preach Romans 1.17 instead of pre preaching Habakkuk 2.4. What, how, what is Habakkuk saying? I'm going to look and see how some pastors handle it. If I find one that really focuses on Habakkuk 2, I will post it in the sermon and Bible study notes section 
of the VBC 66 app. All right, very simple, very straightforward. Now I know what some of you are going, that's not very simple, that doesn't seem very straightforward. It, when you sit down, you draw that line, you start looking at Romans 1 verse 17, you start trying to figure out what it's about, how Paul is using, how Paul is using Habakkuk 2.4 to make his point. Then you go over to uh, to the book of Habakkuk, you figure out what verse 4 is about, what chapter 2, the context is about, what the book is about. You're going to start seeing a contrast. And then you're going to have to start processing in your mind, okay, what's going on here? Now, for those at Victory Baptist Church and for those who listened to the sermon last night, you already have a couple of options. Was Paul utilizing one of those, or do we understand what Paul was doing based off one of those um, hermeneutical options that I gave you last night at Victory Baptist Church? All right? In fact, I'll just, I'll read them to you really quick. I'll give you uh, the options that I gave everyone uh, last night. Okay? I'm not going to explain them. I gave you the census planor view. The census planor view. Is that, is that what's happening here? The Jewish exegetical method, is that, is that what is happening here? Or the canonical reinterpretation view. Now, if you haven't listened to the sermon from last night, you need to get the VBC 66 app. Again, Apple App Store, Google Play. It, is he using one of those? Now, you don't have to say that he's using one of those. We've got up to, we've got seven, you know, total. We've only covered three. Um, is he using one of those? Does that explain it? doesn't even need one of these views because it could be a situation where it's pretty straightforward. The way Habakkuk is using it is the way Paul's using it. He's not reinterpreting it. There was no secret message. Uh, nothing like that is happening. Uh, and so then, therefore, what Paul would be doing, he would be using a some kind of a hermeneutical method to interpret Habakkuk 2.4 and say that that's, an, that that's the interpretation in Habakkuk 2.4 and that's the interpretation in the way I'm using it in Romans 1.17. That's a possibility. All right? So, but we have to figure out because the New Testament writers use it in so many different ways. We saw that last night at Victory Baptist Church. Matthew using Hosea chapter 11. What is going on there? It, 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 it's, it's, there there's times where it makes no sense. There's times where it makes perfect sense. If we care about the Bible, we care about what is going on and we try to figure these things out. All right, I'll stop right there. Look at that. I made it quick. I made it so quick that you probably thought, wow, he's sick. Or, well, it's really not that short. It's like going on 20 minutes, but okay. The reason is I'm trying to explain it over and over and over because sometimes people will say, I didn't really understand what you were asking me to do. Hopefully I've made it as clear as that can be. Sometimes in my brain, what sounds clear doesn't come across as clear. So if not, you've got an easy way to contact me, newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com. Those who are not familiar with studying the Bible and trying to figure these kinds of things out, this will be probably a little weird. For those who attend Victory Baptist Church, you're used to me challenging you to do this kind of stuff, so it shouldn't be that big a deal. All right, but go dig in. Romans 1.17, Habakkuk 2.4. Let's figure this out. Let's see what we discover. We're going to be doing this kind of work uh, for a while because guess what? We're studying the book of Romans verse by verse and over and over and over and over again, Paul is going to uh, make allusion to or cite directly from the Old Testament. Every single time, I guarantee you, he won't, 
use Old Testament passages the exact same way every single time. It, it, sometimes it's going to be like, okay, that seems to be a direct correlation. Other times you're going to be like, wait, was that the original context? Or as someone, uh, as someone said at Victory Baptist Church last night, or maybe they said it Sunday morning, sometimes when you're reading the Old Testament, it looks like the New Testament writer completely ripped the Old Testament verse out of context. Well, if they do that, and then we stand from the pulpit and say, the number one rule of hermeneutics is context. The second rule of hermeneutics is context. The third rule of hermeneutics is context. That's, that's what people always say. Context, context, context. Well, if the New Testament writer is ripping Old Testament verses out of their context, we have to have a way to understand it because then we're reading the New Testament writers literally go against the hermeneutical method that we say is biblical. All right, these are kinds of questions that I know is not typically asked in churches, but I like to ask. Well, we have to ask them. We have to, because we want to understand God's word. All right, get started. I expect 100 emails in the next 45 minutes. So someone out there, hey, Twyla, you better just email me 100 times, just cover for everyone else. All right, somebody better. Okay, Ripley, whoever else is listening. Okay, Who else, whoever else is listening, Will, whoever, uh, just listen, let me know. People from Nebraska, anybody, okay? Um, we need to work on this, and I'll be interested to see what people discover. All right, everyone have a great Monday. God bless.